live from the William Hill Sportsbook at Silver 7's Hotel and Casino, it's Cofield and Company. Trying to just grab all the bags, as the kids say. Is that how they say it? I don't know. Whatever. No, stop with the... Where was the question? <laughs> you gonna kill me over some pizza? Yes. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Thursday spot. Love the fact that uh, Silver Sevens has uh, jumped on board with a deal all the way through the end of the year. We love these guys. Flamingo in paradise. Back to normal outside. Monsoon day and a half is gone, so uh, nice and steamy. We uh, drive on down here. You guys should come on down because they got 277. Happy hour starting up at 3 o'clock. We're going to be tracking baseball. We've got Hawks and Bucks. Uh, last couple of shows before the 4th of July weekend. I think everyone's looking at 4th of July weekend a little bit differently. I Most of the people I know are very fired up because you know, maybe it's a signal that they can get back to most normal activities. I don't know how you're approaching it. Uh, we were talking about it last night on our podcast. So we'll, we'll get into that, my, uh, my plans, and we'll get some feedback from you guys on 4th of July week, and we'll find out from Adam, because I know he's a lover of drums and fireworks like I am. <laughs> Maybe not. No. Uh, the whole fireworks discussion I have seen explode, pun intended, all over social media. Anyone who's got dogs is very upset because the, the fireworks start earlier and earlier every year. Last year was pretty epic because people were really bored with the pandemic, so I feel like there were like three weeks of fireworks. But I definitely heard them the last couple of days, and I know – Anyone who's got a dog, and you do, and you've got a you've got a dog who's uh, compromised, not the COVID, but just in general, your, your dog's a little wacky, and she's uh, she was suffering some uh, injuries lately, so I'm sure she's not fired up about the fireworks. Well, it, it's two, I have two. The younger one freaks out like really that's, badly. That's Baron, right? Baron is the, is the boy. He's young. Uh, the girl Lucy uh, basically survived death this weekend, and uh, requires like 24 hour a day care right now she's in the hospital for a couple days you've got lucy in hospice um well she's bouncing back Good. she's been she, today is a much better day than yes every day is better you told me the other day we were doing the podcast late night on monday that she was just she had just gotten out of the hospital she was just kind of laying there like it just, was just days so i mean like serious uh concussion issues i think is the the official it's an upper it's an upper body it's injury not, for lucy no, it's, it's kind of it's is mid, it upper and lower mid body oh it's mid body it's a pancreas issue. Oh, no. Yeah. It's not good. Dog she park? Was, I mean... It's always the dog park. I, I think I told you there was a, a lady hit her a couple weeks ago. Sure. Got some x-rays done. She was fine. Then she got pancreatitis, which like 99% of the time is caused by something you eat. Oh, wow. But as I was researching it more, there is some evidence that... Um, inflammation can be started off by blunt force trauma well i mean you live right near our legal insider justin watkins i assume you'll be taking a trip over to the dog park and just walking up on her with your attorney no they're not they're never coming back oh really they got they got chased out of there they got the the really the perpetrator got booted from the dog park oh yeah oh it was violent oh wow a violent attack on a no laughing matter no. I don't know why I'm chuckling at the start of the show. No. and uh, I was in a good mood, but I feel bad for Lucy and her pancreatitis. Lucy was basically dead Saturday. You said she was on death's doorstep, yeah. Yeah. And uh, I had some decisions to make, and yeah. uh, they thought they could cure her, and, and she's, she's doing a lot. She's not normal. Like, you know, I applaud for her when she makes it, you know, five feet, you know, walking. 
Been a good run, Luce. But she's uh, she's recovering. She's good. She's better today than yesterday, so we're good. We did not need another pet death this week. No. I don't have official confirmation, but I know our buddy Dave Koken, his old cat, Bo, was sort of on its last legs. I saw um, some other people on Twitter that we know uh, who lost dogs this week, too. I was Come like, on, really? Awful, yeah. Just, I was like, oh, man, because I was trying to deal with my situation and – and everything that was going on, and then I'm like, "Good lord, how many how many animals are dying this week? This sucks." You know, it's interesting. I was looking at Dave's Twitter to see if it was official because he told us about it last Friday, and uh, all that's up here are his wager talk picks, videos, and then lamenting about bets as the games are going along. <laughs> so it's a normal week for Mister Kogan. Well, good news for him. He did say uh, it's one of those you know merciful time with his cat uh, that he's he's ready to bring in another cat soon, but he's going to definitely adopt an old cat. Which I think is a great thing to do. Everyone wants kittens, yeah. but there's a lot of old cats who, you know, there are a lot of people during the pandemic who wanted companionship. They get through the 15 months and they're like, I don't want this thing anymore. And they're, yeah. they're just getting rid of them. Like, no, you signed up for a responsibility. Take care of the cat or dog. You can't just dump it. I mean, I, I admire it to, to go with the old animal. I mean, I, I can't deal with, like, the, the end. So that's rough on it becomes yeah, difficult. It, yeah. And the end could come sooner because the, the, sure. uh, the dog or cat is older. Of course. You're a saint. You're a saint. We're all rooting for Lucy. Get through this. Thank you. Get through this. I'm rooting for Giannis to come back. It's <laughs> a good save. <laughs> I was trying to make it at some point. Uh, so my lower NHL designation, lower body injury. No, hyperextended knee. We, we all saw it. Okay. Day to day. He's out. He's, he's questionable for every game coming up. He's out today. Are um, we sure? By yeah. the NHL rules, he'd be. We'd have to wait until the until they until the, until the, until the lineup rushes the basket. I will say he's not playing. <laughs> not I don't today. Think he, I don't think he's. Playing. I don't think he's playing the rest of the year. I think he's done. Yeah. Which I was going to say, wise decision. I have no idea what the injury is, uh, but when you're that good and that young, and you're the franchise, boy, it's a tough decision, isn't it? If you can be out there limping and help win a title, but you don't want to also suffer a debilitating injury that takes you out for a year, year and a half. Not. not I mean, I think. If you told Giannis right now that he could win a title but miss half of next year, he'd take that. But the problem is you could you could play, not win, and really not help your team that much, and get hurt. Mm-hmm. Now you're you're compromising two seasons. So, like, yeah, I get it, and and maybe more. I mean. There's no guarantee. I think I think some players would be more okay with a potential, you know, ACL tear if that was what you were risking. Because, you know, the <sighs> surgery has been very good lately. The, yeah. the recovery has been quicker. But there's no guarantee. And, and you could have complications, and it could impact the rest of your career. And now we've got Shaq clapping back at LeBron, who was, you know, LeBron a couple weeks ago saying, hey, this is what I told you, you know. You rush the season in, you condense it. There's going to be a lot of people who are getting injured. Shaq says, when you're living in a world where 40 million people have been laid off, uh, and he says, and, oh, oh he's, I guess he's playing the player. Or is he actually speaking about his real earnings? Uh, he says, when you're living in a world where 40 million people have been laid off, and I'm making 200 million, you won't get no complaining from me. I'd play back to back to back to back. I'm not knocking what anybody said, but me personally, I don't complain and make excuses because real people are working their tail off. And all we got to do is train two hours a day and then play a game for two hours a night and make a lot of money. So my thought process is a little different. I, What's the first thing that comes to your mind? with Because this, this happens all the time with Barkley. Of course. Where Barkley's like, super teams chasing a ring is 
you know, cheap. Like, you were on super teams and you chased rings repeatedly. Shaq, when you played, you often neglected your conditioning and were out of shape many times. That's That was part of the rift. And, bro, I had your back. I take this personally. No, but th that was part of the rift of him and Kobe because Kobe was a competitive lunatic and wanted to be out there every freaking moment, and there'd be parts at the beginning of the season or during the season where it's like, Shaq, you're 370 right now. But I just It's this revisionist history where people don't look inward. Like, you, 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 have, you're, you have to be near perfect from your playing days, just like Scottie Pippen, to be going after other people. Right, I love I, Shaq. I don't even I think, think he's awesome, but come on, Shaq. I mean, I think that's one one angle of it. I think the other angle is like I don't even think what Shaq is saying really disputes what LeBron is saying. Like LeBron is not necessarily complaining about it. He he's saying, "Hey, if you decide if you decide that, you know, you want to have these guys come out and play as much as they're going to play and jam in the season as quick as you're going to try to jam it in, you're going to have a playoffs where people complain and don't want, uh, you know, don't, they're like, well, what am I watching? I'm not watching the stars. I'm watching guys that, you know, I'm watching all these guys get hurt. Well, yeah, you you can't have it both ways. That that's what LeBron is saying. He's not he's not complaining that he has right. to practice or or play or anything else. He's saying, hey, if you do this and you want to jam the games in, and that's what the fans want, and that's what the league wants, and that's what TV wants, what's going to happen is you're going to get games where you don't have the star players. But you get it though, right? You're, you're talking about nuance, and you're diving deeper on the quotes. All people who don't like the NBA and don't like NBA players and don't like stars like LeBron here is Shaq basically calling them out as being wimpy. Sure. And complainers. Sure. And, you know, millionaires who don't go to work every day like the rest of us. Yeah, and, and people want that. People, people want know, to they be, eat it up. They want to be, like, reinforced with what they believe, and they're, they're just looking for reasons to say, oh, yeah, that's what I believe, too. And if I were a See, current NBA player right now, I would look at Shaq and Barkley at times and be like, you used to be with us? You're not, man. You guys got rich, and you have crossed over. You're against us. And that's yeah. why a couple of times during the year, uh, you know, even based on their work, right, even based on Shaq and, and Chuck's work, and they're, they're not there to be roster guys. But, you know, Chuck made the mistake the other day with Jeff Teague. He didn't know what team he was on. Right. Um, you know, we our, our own Chris Wood, our own Chris Wood from UNLV, and uh, who was it, Donovan Mitchell, during interviews when Shaq was talking to him, like, oh, I didn't believe in you. And they're both, at the end, they both took a shot at him, like, well, you're a casual, so who cares? And, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think Shaq can dispute that. He can't. I mean, that's what the show is. Yeah. And so it's, it's fine, but, like, are you going to get mad about that and, like, and say, like, well, that's not true? Well, you can't, you, again, you can't have it both ways. You can't be clowns. Which they are, which is entertaining. I'm not. I'm not even knocking them. Right. But they're they're clowns, and then want to be looked at as serious analysts, which they're not. On the way back, we got to get to what the Suns did last night. What a great moment for the organization, for Phoenix, and especially for Chris Paul. And yet, I immediately I saw examination last night of the Pat Bev incident, and a lot of people are like, you know, it's kind of weird. Pat Bev pushed him down. Does anyone on the Suns actually like Chris Paul? The phone lines are open. Join the conversation on Cofield and Company now by calling 702-364-1100 or tweet us at Cofield and Co. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver 7s with Cofield and Company. The notion of converting a student to a paid employee is something that is utterly antithetical to 
the whole principle of intercollegiate athletics. It completely changes the entire notion of what college sports is all about. You know what? I think you might be right. If college sports is all about exploiting people, then yes, paying athletes would absolutely change <laughs> the entire notion of what college sports are all about. Frank Stallone classic from the 80s. I'm sure Mark Emmert, that was the voice you heard there, is looking back and he's like, man, I love that music. I love that era when we could do whatever we wanted with the players. Not anymore, brother. It's all changed. We'll get to that inside of five minutes. Uh, good comments, I thought, today on the Dan Patrick show from one Chris Weber because the people are looking back and they're like, my God, the kind of money that the Fab Five or, say, our running Rebels here, led by LJ, could have generated during the NIL era is the possibilities are endless. And we've already got deals being forged, so we'll get to that. It's going to be a big theme throughout the show. We're going to talk to former college athlete Curtis Terry later on. We're actually going to talk to former UNLV football coach, now at TCU, Tony Sanchez. And Tony always came across to me as a very player-friendly guy, so I wonder what he's thinking, what a lot of coaches are thinking with NIL, because it's going to be a challenging time. But I think, it, you know, again, if you – Look at the positive. It can be, if you're creative, it can be an amazing time for a lot of schools and a lot of programs that have been have-nots. Because this is not just going to be about straight-up dollars. It's going to be about creativity with the athletes. So NBA, we were just hitting on the fact that uh, the Suns have moved on. They're in the finals. Weird incident last night where it's a crowning moment for Chris Paul. He gets 41 points. He was celebrating with the Clippers fans. Uh, certainly was happy for the Suns fans. Uh, towards the end of the game, Patrick Beverly walks up to him and just rams him in the back, knocks him to the floor. Pat Bev has apologized. I think he's going to pay for that one. And one of the things all you guys noticed, especially guys like you, was that Paul was down, and it wasn't like someone went over to Pat Bev and belted him or even like leaned over to really help up CP3 real quickly. Or and I can understand not like throwing punches. Yeah. Like you, you've got the finals to prepare for. You don't want somebody on a team that's going to be eliminated to get you to the point where you're not able to play in the finals. So, yeah. like, I don't expect kudos to them go, for keeping their cool. Sure, but you could at least like say, "Bro, what are you doing?" Uh, it was it was weird. Nobody, everybody's like, "All right, yeah, I don't blame you." <laughs> I don't know if they said, "I don't blame you." It seemed like it. Their, okay, their, actions, it, it, their actions indicated they were like, I don't blame you. If that's the case, do you care? If CP3 has to be a mother blanker consistently to drive his team or teams, is that just part of the deal? Well, I mean, if you have to do it to the – oh, to, you mean to, to your team, that's what you have I'm to saying do if you're a teammate, them. are you like, hey, I don't – you know, maybe I don't like the guy. And, again, this is all speculation just based on, you know, split-second no reaction – well, also based on being moved every single year. Yeah, that was kind of loaded, though. Like, they put a Rockets team together that was a weird mix. OKC quickly discovered, like, this guy is going to help us win. we got to get out of this. Get out of here. This is no good for us. Clippers. It, it, it's worked with the Suns. Um but but who knows what was going on with the Clippers? Well, okay, yes. I, mean, every I can single, defend. I can defend all of them. But you're right. He's been on. Stop, he's, he's been on a lot of teams. Sure. Every stop, you can say, oh well, this. Oh well, this. Oh well, this. Well, 
if you're that great, you find a way, build around the guy. Um, and and I don't know. I think we're reading a lot into. It. I think we're also bringing like I, the flopping stuff is so obnoxious, and it happened yesterday. I almost was like, hey, if you want to flop on the Demarcus Cousins elbow, then we're actually going to knock you down. If if you want to fall down, fine, but yeah. we're going to make you fall down, and that's what Pat Beverly was doing. Right. But the the fact that nobody even Again, I don't want them. To, I don't want them to overreact and get, you know, suspended. But at least, at least get in his face a little push, something. Uh, on the NIL topic, we got Xavier Pope coming up. We're going to talk uh, name, image, likeness, and all the legal elements of it, and kind of the opening news. And it really is opening news because today's when it started, and we've already seen deals come down. I wonder back in the day what Chris Weber's relationship was with the rest of the Fab Five because it always. Since then, it seemed kind of strained. Now, he's an adult now, and I think uh, maybe they've all come to grips. He's kind of stayed away for the most part. Um, now, I'm not saying anyone wanted to punch Chris Webber in the face. Maybe after calling the timeout, they did, right, when yeah. he got teed up in the national title game. Anyway, uh, Chris Webber was on Dan Patrick today, and I thought he had really interesting thoughts right out of the gates. As I was talking about NIL and what it, you know, maybe what it would have meant for the Fab Five, and Webber actually turned to a more a recent athlete and gave an example of, like, some guys, college football is it. That actually is their pinnacle. That's their chance to make some money. I always think about Johnny Manziel. Uh, and I'll tell you why. Like, uh, what, if, what if he never plays football again, right? He, we know he went to Canada. We know he did all this other stuff. And we know he was famous for money and all that. Let's just take any personal thought of morale out of him, right? Uh, whether he got in his place on his own or whatever. He'll never be able to duplicate that again yeah and I think what people don't realize is it was always it was always a dumb quagmire because it had nothing to do with the NCAA you know how many local car dealerships would get more money by paying the walk-on to come sit sign autographs at that car dealership one person's gonna buy a car I mean period so you, you know you just cast those numbers of a guy's value and I just think that you know that's the peak of your value Kind of interesting that he actually went from Johnny Manziel to the walk-on. I did see – I saw someone who plays for Illinois. He was like their 12th guy on the basketball team, and he had some deal with some supplement company already. I just saw a random – I don't even know who it is from Arkansas who's, who's got uh, his dog is like a PetSmart guy now. That's so awesome. Yeah. He's like, I, he's like I've known as a football player, but even more, I, I know myself as a dog dad. So go to PetSmart. Like, Okay. Uh, here's Dan Patrick getting into the, the Fab Five side of things. And that whole notion, we talked about this the other day, are there football and basketball players, if they're making enough money, maybe they're a little more patient and they don't jump to the pros right away. You would have done pretty well. Would you have stayed an extra year if you could have gotten paid as, uh, as much as an NBA rookie? That's a great question. So that's, times were very different. So uh, I was 20, and I think at the time uh, no player had – come out as a sophomore since Magic Johnson was to 79 and mom's like 18 years later. So a big difference. But yeah, I mean, I called the time out. We lost the championship. Um, I wanted to stay there anyway and try to win the championship. You know, you're, you're, you're a kid, you're young, you figure that you're going to live forever. And so for me, in my situation, well, most definitely, I was 30 minutes from my mother's cooking, my family, I'm the oldest of five. Yes, I, I would have and, and waited to take that leap. Yeah, I don't believe him um, because I don't believe the money would have been big enough. But, you know, maybe For maybe, them? maybe I'm not. Well, here's the thing. Chris Weber, during the conversation, kept talking about 
T-shirts and, and other stuff. You do understand in this, you're, we'll call it a publicity agent, can handle business for you as an individual, but you actually can't kind of co-opt what you're selling with the Michigan brand. You're not allowed to sell the logo or the Michigan brand. So, like, T-shirts would be a side. Now, could you, could you license a Fab Five thing and make lots of money? I don't know, man. I, I'm still having trouble kind of grasping what athletes are, like, how much they're going to sure. make. And if they're going to make, you know, the star player is going to make $2 million his freshman year. And, but even that is not enough to actually beat out what the NBA can offer. Well, on, that's only for, like, the first five picks. Okay. I mean, I, I don't, I can't remember exactly how many, how many make two million in the first year, but um, it's with the you know the slotted salaries now, you know exactly how much you would make, depending on where you get picked, I guess. Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, it's it's a number there, but yeah, there would have been a Fab Five Nike shoe. They would they would have made I don't know twenty million, thirty million. Yeah, that's another one. I have no idea if the school has a sneaker deal. I don't know that you can piggyback off that sneaker deal from the school. You do your own deal. There, you're wearing. You well, that, wear them in the game. Well, that's another. Okay, that's another interesting thing. Is what's going to happen yeah. with with uh, apparel and shoe deals? If you can get your own, they're like, wait, we already have one. You can't just start wearing sneakers during the games. So, can you make enough money? Just hey, these are my leisure sneakers. I would. All, I mean, by the way, I sound like I'm 65 uh, with Velcro sneakers. I would also go fight that in court because. Now you're infringing on my right to make money, yeah. but because you have a deal, well, I have my own deal. I'm going to wear what I wear, and I don't know how that would work out. Again, I, I'm not saying like you would have a case. I have no idea, but I feel like if if we have the right now to make money, then I have the right to sell whatever I want. I'm not arguing with you. I just I'm trying to wrap my head around how much money the big stars in college are going to make, and I think we may be blown away by it in the end. Up next, we'll get into the legal end of this as our legal analyst and. Uh, Nowhere of everything. Out of Chicago, our buddy Xavier Pope is up on Cofield and Company. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Now, back to the William Hill Sportsbook Inside Silver Sevens with Cofield and Company. Back here at Silver Sevens on a Thursday, one of our favorite spots of the week with Xavier Pope. He's the host of Suit Up News. On Twitter, you can find him on Twitter at Xavier Pope. He's our legal analyst on Thursdays, expert on everything, as we always joke. All right, Xavier, what do you think of last night? Really cool moment with the Phoenix Suns and especially for Chris Paul. There are certain games that define a player's career. Um, We think about LeBron James versus the, the Detroit Pistons and him scoring 25 consecutive points. That's his defining moment to being coming that guy. Uh, and we, Chris Paul scoring 41 points, putting up eight assists, no turnovers is the game for Chris Paul. Uh, people will re- remember this. That was the, the Chris Paul game. Um, and he and Monty Williams. Monty Williams, who was given a raw deal in his previous coaching assignment with, with uh, in New Orleans, being with Chris Paul and getting back on track, losing out to coach of the year when he should have been coach of the year uh, to, to Tom Thibodeau, although he did a good job with New York Knicks, was not the guy, clearly, like Monty Williams has been this year in the NBA, hugging, embracing one another in a moment they shared for their, both of their careers as a redemption moment for both, both of those men who share a close, personal, and basketball relationship. It was a beautiful moment. 
Um, for Chris Paul, a beautiful moment to have that happen where he spent six seasons playing for the Los Angeles Clippers. And classy moment by Chris Paul acknowledging the fans, acknowledging Billy Crystal. Uh, it couldn't happen to a better guy. I'm thinking uh, all that beauty didn't go over well with Pat Beverly. What, what was he doing, man? I'm, I'm, I'm a hothead. I'm not a high-level athlete, but I'm a sore loser. But that one, I'm like, yeah, you're just going to push a guy in the back and you know, throw him to the ground? Pat Beverly uh, was a, a terrible display of sportsmanship. He's from Chicago, and we know that it's a tough, gritty city. Um, but tough and gritty and being a complete jerk are two completely different things. Pat Beverly embarrassed himself on the, on the national stage when he had had a terrific series on both sides of the ball and had played his heart out. And now he's going to be remembered um, for his lack of sportsmanship in his dirty play, which could have injured Chris Paul because Chris Paul didn't <laughs> see that the push coming. Right. And uh, it, that, that goes beyond um, playing the game of basketball. That's just absolute thuggery. Can you imagine if Chris Paul got hurt and then we've got, you know, we come full circle with like every star on every team in the playoffs seemingly hurt. And then we have another injured guy going into the finals, which brings me to, I don't know. I, you know, I didn't get to watch Shaq last night. Uh, was Shaq actually, was he patting Patrick Beverly on the back for being a tough guy? Cause between he and Barkley and the constant stuff about players today are wimpy. And I would have played every single game if I was making this kind of money. I, I've said before, I think there's a, a, a deeper uh, meaning to their message that, that Barkley and Shaq don't get. I think they're feeding the beast out there because people want to go after the NBA like, oh, well, these guys aren't like they used to be or they're not as tough as other athletes, which I think is coded language. It's, tough. it's coded language um, to some of the bigoted fans out there, but we also saw uh, Jeff Van Gundy doing a broadcast use a, 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 a basic gay slur. Um, in relation to how athletes conduct themselves on the court. And we didn't, he didn't receive any consequences for what he said on air. Um, dude, I don't, I don't recall any apology given. I don't recall any, anything that the, the, the network did to, to, to say that, was un, that he shouldn't have said that or done that. And so the fact he was allowed to say that during Pride Month um, was, was pretty gross. Um, and we have to normalize... Um, allowing full the full expressions of people's humanity and i just think that why would you play towards a certain type of fan a certain type of way of viewing the sport um you know, when you spend like, retired guys always seem to criticize current guys yep uh and you know it, it, you don't have like they're like you're building your brand off of criticizing guys that are currently on the court Clearly, you're jealous. You wish you were young, spry, and still on the court. I think right. that's what it's grounded. Xavier Pope is with us. Let's get to the news that is creating shockwaves across the world of sports. Name, image, likeness in college sports. You're going to see a ton of people who are like, it's going to ruin the game. But let me tell you, in a lot of those uh, belts where people were saying that, if their school is awesome at you know putting together this this whole NIL thing where they can't you can't actually sell players' rights as a school, but you can get someone who's the go-between. The schools that kick ass, that reward those fans with even better players and more winning, those same fans who were like, don't pay the players, they shouldn't ever get money, they're going to love it because it serves their needs. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly correct. Um, I, I think that those fans, you know, they have a certain way of looking at the world, and if you don't see the world the way they do, then you're the enemy. 
Um, and that's a, that's a cult mentality. Um, one, of the, one of the seven elements of a cult is to create an external enemy. And for those fans that are in that cult world and they believe a certain set of values, they have a certain that I, I own players, players do what I want to do. And, but I support these institutions and that's the way they, they frame their logic. And, and that's just, um, it's, it's outdated and it's outmoded. It needs to be changed. Are you seeing some of the stuff coming out of the gates in terms of deals that have uh, been forged? I saw uh, Fresno State has a, uh, on the women's team has uh, twins. Uh, they just signed a deal with someone. I saw a football player, a defensive lineman, just signed a, a deal with a local barber and grooming company. Um, the possibilities here are are pretty amazing. But like I said, like, give me your understanding of this because we talked to our local legal insider, Justin Watkins, yesterday, and he was saying really that the schools can't be directly involved. You're not, you can't like co-opt a player and the school's image or logo. This is essentially a situation where the players are almost uh, they're going to work with companies or work with a publicity agent to try to sell their wares. It, it, that's, that's, that's correct, a publicity agent. And we just saw what the NFLPA, uh, they put out a statement allowing for license of the registered agents to be able to do NIL deals with college athletes as long as it's not tied to representation in the National Football League. I think the conflation of that as well as the college licensing company, which does which regulates monies being made off the trademarks of 200 plus colleges and universities is going to be the next front potentially for antitrust litigation in this country because you have colleges and universities that are taking all this marketing dollars and things of that nature. And they're, they're getting all the corporate dollars and athletes, if they band together, they're able to pay to get even a bigger chunk of that pie. Um, and I think this is this creates the the marketplace for unionization for athletes to create their own organizations that they are able to gain more money from and to be able to create more revenue for them separate. I'm, I don't know if you remember this, but back in the, the, the 1980s, you know, there was Tecmo Bowl, right? The Tecmo Bowl <laughs> was was licensed by the NFLPA. It was not by the NFL. That's one of the most popular football games of all time. And I see something similar to that as it relates to college athletes where they kind of have their own game where they're not playing per se for the institution, but it's a game that kind of you know, uses different colors and things of that nature oh, wow. as a football game. Mm-hmm. Xavier Post with us here on Cofield and Company. So the, the possibilities are, are endless. I wanted to ask about yeah. legal recourse for people who feel like they were screwed in the past. Just because a rule or a law changes – does that now mean that people can go back? Like, there's been a big push the last day or so. Hey, Reggie Bush, man, what a screw job that guy got from the NCAA. He doesn't have his Heisman. Um, is it too late for him to go back and go, hey, you cost me this, this, and this. I want money. I mean, those are the rules at the time. I think that it really comes down to uh, what, what the, 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 the energy that, that Reggie, Reggie Bush has to give smoke to NCAA. Anyone who's had any Heisman strip, any kind of any, any award stripped from them, they're going to probably ask for some sort of legal recourse or some sort of recourse. Whether those are remediable, I don't necessarily think so, per se. Um, but um, the pressure has been put on the NCAA over a significant amount of years and has changed where the NCAA has. And so whether it remedies that, I mean, it remains to be seen. But I think it might, I think Reggie Bush might get his Heisman back. Uh, I think that. I mean, it, it seems like the right thing to do right now, right? Yeah. I mean, what do we do about boosters, though, Steve? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I, I, I've talked about this for a long time. 
like boosters were seen as this shady legal activity but now huh? the rules have changed well boosters are okay uh, you know i'm I'm not that smart. So, like this stuff gets like this next level stuff. Like I have to really start thinking hard, and I get a, I lock up right. Um, so I was thinking back to Reggie Bush. You know, part of the problem with Reggie Bush, and this 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 has happened forever, and it's probably happening up until the last couple of months. Uh, Reggie Bush's parents got a house, right? You have cars. You have cars involved. You can do that all legally now if you want. Like, why can't a local home builder go? You know, hey, Reggie Bush is is backing, you know, he's the endorser for whatever, you know, Pulte Homes, and he's the endorse, endorsement guy for, you know, sh- you know, Shlomo's Cadillac. Here you go. Here's a Cadillac. Here's a home. I mean, I don't, I don't know how they can stop that now. Uh, how, okay, how can they stop that now? Uh, and what, what are the amateur and, – and if there are amateurism rules that are baked in some of the bylaws in the NCAA, how sturdy are they legally? in terms of being able to be upheld when the NCAA is now now they are on the hook for they can't put an artificial ceiling on benefits for athletes. They now allowing name, image, and likeness. You're a, I can, giving people gifts freely. The, the biggest implication of this, okay, what are these guys going to do in their taxes? Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> we have so many places to go with this, but I think that's the deal. What, what, you, you, you get it. Is this qualified as, as compensation? Is it qualified as a gift? And how do you treat that? So Jamel Hill put a great tweet out. The tweet out there saying, "Okay, it's great that college athletes are getting money, but the first thing you need to do is probably hire an accountant." Yep, no doubt. Representation on several fronts for the athletes now with NIL. Uh, Xavier's going to stick around. We come back after the break. This is Bizarro World again. Today is really weird. Bill Cosby is out. Britney Spears is still under lock and key from her father. Xavier's got to explain what the hell's going on. Visit LVSportsNetwork.com for access to the latest podcasts and best interviews. Hanging at the William Hill Sportsbook inside Silver 7s, it's Cofield and Company. Xavier Pope rolls on with us here on this Thursday. Well, let's get into it. I think uh, most of the country was shocked. I, most of us aren't following the procedures of the uh, appellate work of Bill Cosby and his team. Bill Cosby's out, uh, but, you know, our legal insider locally said yesterday, I saw you, you know, echoing the same messages that while it seems horrific, this is actually a big victory for people who can be screwed over by local law enforcement, uh, combined mm-hmm. with local DAs, combined with local judges. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's uncomfortable and it seems gross, but Cosby represents something much bigger. Yeah, and I think that that's something when we have to consider, and I want to make sure I choose my words carefully here, because the first thing is we have to recognize that sexual assault, drugging women is terrible. (laughs) And Bill Cosby should not be celebrated for getting out of jail. Um, He was not deemed to be innocent by the court. The court recognized things that Cosby admitted in depositions. But his deposition was obtained um, with an tacit agreement that he wasn't going to be prosecuted. Um, and but his process, but then his very depositions were used as the primary evidence that put him in jail and which violated his Fifth Amendment rights of, of incrimination. That's criminal procedure. That has nothing to do with criminal law. Those are two completely separate elements. And so Bill Cosby didn't get off because the court ruled that he didn't rape and drug women. 
Cosby got off because his rights against self-incrimination were violated. So I have to make sure that is extremely clear. The court's rationale is clear as day. It cuts across um, and creates the opportunities that people who don't have the money, like Bill Cosby had, coerced confessions. Um, when DAs are telling poor black or Latino defendants that what they're saying on record won't be used against them in a trial or against maybe co-conspirators, all these different scenarios that, that have thousands of people that are in jail right now. Um, this presents the opportunity for them, some of them to get free now and presents the opportunity um, to be able to have a more fair legal system for them in the future. And so it's a cuts across a variety of different issues and a lot of people may not necessarily like what happened in the court, but it was legally sound. Would there be any point of uh, Pennsylvania folks trying to push this to you know higher levels and challenge it all the way up to the Supreme Court? There's, 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 there's absolutely no telling what they will do. Um, and whether, whether a Supreme Court would actually hear something like this, I think that's, that's the most important distinction. Um, and whether, and I, I've heard some legal analysts argue that it doesn't necessarily apply to poor defendants. It applies specifically to the rich and powerful who do get these sweetheart deals from BA. So it really is a very particular distinct case that isn't necessarily applicable to other situations. So I'm intrigued as to how uh, Pennsylvania, the, the, the DAs respond to what's happened with Bill Cosby. But consider this, Bill Cosby, just, just a month ago, he had a probation hearing that was denied that was based on him having to go through this program for sex, violent sexual offenders um, that would have put him, got him out of jail in September. So he serves time doesn't apologize, doesn't go through this program and gets out a couple of months early. So I think it renders their potential objection of this moot. And so I think that I don't see this moving past the point where Bill Cosby goes for Could you ever see Bill Cosby now throwing a bunch of money at the cause of, as we started, law enforcement, DAs, judges in these cases where uh, people are lied to, and then you know they're turned on. That to me, that would actually—I'm not saying he's exonerated of any of the gross stuff he did, but yeah. hey, dude, you get you got out, you got out on a procedural error or errors. How about go out and actually try to make some change? Bill Cosby, the man who told people to pull their pants up and uh, and criticize Wanda Sykes in, on, on on television and embarrassed her. I don't see Bill Cosby working for social justice. Uh, and in a way that he benefited from. I just right, don't see it. Right. Maybe he does. Maybe yeah. I mean, like, what is he? Well, I, Bill Cosby's legacy was was impeccable until it was openly tarnished by himself. What does he do to rehabilitate himself at the age of 80 plus? Exactly. Well, that was my thought. You're you're a thousand years old. Uh, maybe see maybe see how gross your behavior was and do some good before you're gone. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't see him being remorseful and working in a space to protect women. I don't see that, but if he could work in a social justice arena, yeah. um, his, and would people welcome him in that space remains to be seen. What a horrible story across the board. Um, you know, we talked about the wealthy and the ability to hire great attorneys, um, you know, and versus what poor people can do when they get in the crosshairs of the justice system. All right. What happens when it's the rich versus the rich? What is happening here with Britney Spears, the free Britney movement, 
Why can't she get out of this conservatorship? Because you got it because she was in it. I think that that's the, the, the big issue is that she was put in this conservatorship. Um, she had some tough times in her life. Her father was put in in this role. And now even this particular filing was was a long time ago. So the, the court ruled right after this, after Britney Spears gave this testimony. And she has yet to file based on the testimony that she gave. So I think that the legal procedure is she has to file something in relation to this testimony that she gave to be able to remove her father. So that's good. This this, this is still an ongoing situation for her. And it's, it's unfortunately taking a long time to wrangle itself through the legal system. Social media moves much faster than the legal system. Right. Uh, but it was a really great tweet that said, we asked to free Britney, not free Cosby. And I thought that was really a, <laughs> one of the best tweets I'd seen sure. over the course of the year. But Britney Spears is an adult. Her father is making tons of money off of her. And I think that it's time for her as an adult to manage her own affairs um, and to get her father out of her business. Um, it was a pretty tough day for women yesterday. And I think that um, we are doing a disservice to them in this country. But it's pretty Britney. She lives in Vegas. Right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, Britney, if you're listening, we are down to free you. Xavier Pope says free Britney. Let her live. Let her live. Listen, we've all been in situations where uh, maybe we're popping off, someone else is popping off, and it's at the brink of uh, breaking down into a fight. There's a weird story out there with the video. Joe Schilling, who's a kickboxing guy, high-level dude. Something happens uh, at a bar where he's claiming, hey, there's a guy harassing people all night long. All we get on video is a much bigger guy than Joe Schilling bumping a small guy, and it is just like instantaneous destruction well the video is out there i mean he, he beat the hell out of this guy he drops him and then he sends out a message that he uh, he felt like he was in a life-threatening situation i can't imagine this going over well in terms of charges and if it goes to court yeah i think the man should be in jail um, he initiated the contact um, and so you can't claim self-defense when you've initiated the contact someone has the right to defend themselves them themselves that individual that he bumped into had the right to defend himself he was enjoying his best life he's dancing at the bar he's talking to his friend he's made he felt like he was telling a really great story and then i've been in that situation before some jerk just wants to come by and just bump you and just keep moving and he pro he he the, the guy said hey hey man what's going on and he just gets back 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 so quickly and knocks this guy out cold now from a legal perspective you have additional training that allows you to arm someone like your hands and your training can be seen as just like a, a knife or a gun and so exasperating that particular situation and so he could be have charges brought against him he definitely should be sued to the hill and him saying that he feared for his life this man did fear he was you just look at two look at the two men <laughs> this guy you know probably needs a, a, a shirt to probably hide his belly you know, and this guy is walking through. You can see a six pack through his shirt. There's no way that he feared for his life. Uh, his open, blatant lies are disgusting, and uh, he should be held responsible for it in a court of law. Yeah, there's a point where you're, it goes from defending yourself too to uh, where it's you know just kind of dangerous. He brings us back to that uh, fight that involved an Oklahoma football player. There were two little guys, but they were wrestlers oh. and MMA guys, and they not only did they they uh, you know, get the fight to the ground quickly, but they just didn't stop. And then there's a line where you're like, you're not really defending yourself anymore. Yeah, it's, it's called imperfect self-defense. If you 
go beyond the, the, the state to defend yourself, and then you turn into the aggressor. You've gone beyond the threshold of what self-defense um, requires. Uh, we got to close on something really important. I saw you uh, tweet uh, something from uh, Shroom Girl. It was a poll question. Men, do you take care of your skin? Are you aware of products to use, uh, you know, i.e. benefits for dry skin, acne scars, anti-aging, moisturizing? And I swear, it was like 35 or 40% of men were like, oh, yeah, I know about it. That, guys are lying, aren't they? Are we that, I mean, are we all Rob Lowe now? Are we all, uh, we all worried about our skin? I mean, I, we should be. You, do you believe that, that 40% of guys are like, oh, yeah, I'm down with it? I think 40% of the guys maybe follow her. She's a a model oh, okay. she's a gorgeous a awesome person I might add um, and is very modest um, Ines Helene um, but I, I think that men should be taking care of their skin I responded I, and I take care of my skin I'm vegan eating, I eat clean I drink tons of water um, I think that I use products that women use <laughs> you know just what traditionally women use to be able to moisturize my skin you know, you're not going to be here forever. So you have to preserve yourself. Um, so do you exfoliate? <laughs> I don't do I don't do anything. I was just actually looking at my forehead and it's not real wrinkled. But you know what the problem is? Well, it's actually a positive. I'm getting more and more smooth skin that's going further and further back as my hairline disappears. <laughs> so I'm like, look, it's not look at the skin up here. It's not all old looking. Do you notice that the smoothest <laughs> skin is bald head? That, that is what a cruel reward for your freaking <laughs> hair falling out. Thank you so much. It's unreal. There he is, the young guy, Xavier Pope. Who knows how old he is? I don't know when he went to Rutgers Law, but we just, uh, you know, he's somewhere in his 30s. Xavier, we appreciate it. Have a good weekend. You too, buddy. Have a great holiday. There he is, Xavier Pope. Check him out on Twitter at Xavier Pope. He's an attorney out of Chicago, and he does suit up news on Twitter. I should correct myself. Fourth of July weekend isn't the only holiday right now. Today is Bobby Bo Day. That's right. Every year, July 1st, we celebrate the financial acumen of the former New York Met. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co.